Ciao. Ciao.
Ciao, ciao, everyone. Hello. Hey now. Hello. Hey ciao, now. Ciao. Hey now. <laughs> Who can it be now? No, what the hell was I singing? Hey oh, now. Was... Hey now. You don't dream it's over. <laughs> Did I forget who sings um, I don't know. I think I really haven't heard that since I was eight-ish. You didn't dance to it at prom? No, dude. You didn't. Crowded house. Crowded house. <laughs> Did it. Thank yeah. You, Google. Thanks. Yeah, Google comes in handy when I come up with stupid songs in my head all the time. The last time I heard that song was... Did you guys ever watch the TV uh, series for The Stand? Nuh-uh. Holly Ringwald and um, Gary Sinise and a whole bunch of other, like, super kind of... I missed a Stephen King thing with Molly Ringwald. (laughs) I know. What's wrong with you? Fucking hell, dude. Tell me all about it. Go, go. Well, they were listening. <laughs> they were listening to that song. It was like the the um, the flu had taken over, and only one percent of the population was still alive. And Molly and, and her, you know, neighborhood boyfriend were just kind of sitting and thinking about what it was like, you know, before all these problems happened, and listening to this song. Well, that was the they, they listened to it. Yeah, they listened to it on vinyl in the in the corner of this room where there's you know people had died everywhere else, and they were just. It was kind of like a uh, a Walking Dead, but no walking, you know. Wow, a standing dead. Yeah, laying and immobile dead kind of show. Wow. I um I used to carve um my initials and her initials into trees. <laughs> I had a huge thing for her and Tiffany. Okay. And, um, okay. Yeah, dude. Redhead. I'm seeing a resemblance. Redheads. Oh my gosh. That was the that was the stuff right there. <laughs> anyway, so um, I'm not seven years old, pretending that I know how to masturbate. So let's continue the show. <laughs> did you did you get yourself out of that pool of papers you were swimming through? Me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're such a dick. It's funny because um, I have a bunch of notes because this is the first episode that I get to run since the fiasco of the episode with the case of the bloody iris. So, um, scared. (laughs) (laughs) You've got notes. Oh, so yeah. So I, I have notes and, um, the spiral bound of my notebook here is, making it hard for me to turn pages i know this is riveting information for people um i'm sure mike is on the edge of his seat right now um <laughs> listening to this <laughs> but um so um yeah so i have a bit of a cold and how are you two doing uh, i am no, you gotta enjoying... answer at the same time <laughs> <laughs> i was i was expecting it but um yeah i was I'm I'm enjoying life right now. I'm I'm feeling good, enjoying the. Uh, we're getting some springtime weather up here in the Great White North, so I can burrow myself out of my. I, I'm I was buried under like five feet of snow, but now I'm burrowing out. Is that a sex thing? Is that a euphemism? Always. Got it. <laughs> and Chris, how are you doing? 
I'm doing well, thank you. I um, I'm just kind of moseying along here. I've uh, been trying desperately to get um, film number 31 up onto uh, jalloscore.com um, and uh, had a couple of stumbling blocks. The first one was I have an update on the film Virginia Obscura, um, which I watched the first 30 minutes of and was prepared to finish watching it, um, but had to pause it. I was watching it at work, and um, the link that the that the film creators sent me expired because it's a it's a paid uh, video. It's a, ah. it's a paid on-demand video, and they gave me a, a free link to watch it. Um, you know, with the promise that I was going to review it on the site. Um, and when it expired, I didn't get a chance to get back in to finish watching it. So I had to um, ask the filmmakers if they would um, please reactivate uh, my link, and I haven't heard back from them. So if anyone um, from Virginia Obscure is listening and they would um, still be interested in a review uh, and a score uh, on my site for the film, um, please let me know you have my contact info. Um, so that was stumbling block number one. Stumbling block number two was I started to watch Fulci's The Psychic, and um, I am really having a difficult time catching on to whatever it is that everyone thinks is so great about this particular film. Um, and again, I'm only about 40 minutes in, but, um, you know, the thing about Fulci is we all know which films are his great films. Um, and we all we also discover some of the films especially in his early period when you're talking about jolly that were a little bit like hey i didn't realize how good fulci was you know with this particular type of film and then we're all familiar with the ones that aren't so good i mean fulci did a lot of films and um i don't know if the psychic is a good film or not i just haven't been able to get through it yet it's pretty slow going in the beginning it's supposed to be a giallo it's supposed to have some supernatural overtones and you can see, I mean, you could literally see how he progressed from, um, don't torture a duckling, uh, to how he managed to start <coughs> films like zombie. And more specifically, you can see, um, the beyond and you can see house by the cemetery kind of starting to like, uh, germinate in his mind in this movie the, the psychic, psychic wasn't made that much before zombie was it i think maybe a year or maybe two years before zombie okay so and he after zombie he did a film called conquest or not conquest um contraband which was um a drug smuggler mob movie for some strange reason and then after that he he had a, a, a run of the horror films with uh with uh, Gates of Hell and Zombie, or no, Zombie, Zombie came and and then he did Contraband, and then after that was, um, I don't know the exact order, but you had Gates of Hell, Beyond, House by the Cemetery, Black Cat. Um, so, you know, I'm just uh, and, and I'm distracted too. I've 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 been reading, um, I've been watching other types of TV. Um, so, but uh, I'm trying. Rock, huh? No, you know I I. Um, I haven't been watching Thirty Rock. I did watch uh, uh, True. I did watch True Detective, which I thought was a fantastic show. I heard that um, was really good. And um, yes, it was great, and I recommend it to everyone, especially for people who like this show because it's kind of the same idea. If you're if you're into Jolly and you're into like Twin Peaks and that kind of 
semi-surreal David Lynchy and pretty little but, liars. But yeah, but no, but kidding. still kind of detective. <laughs> um, yeah, I highly recommend that show. And then uh, yeah, so it's just a million things going on right now. And I finally watched um, the first season of Bates Motel. Hmm. Have you guys seen that yet? I, I have not. I've seen it. Did you like it? <laughs> well, I just wanted to say I felt like a jerk now for just talking about the weather. I guess I should have had more to say. But um... well, I, I'm I'm known to go off on tangents, guys. So. Oh, yeah. As, as far as Bates Motel, um, it, I can see what they're doing with it. They're making. I mean, it's a show that I could sit down in my with my wife and she could enjoy. Um, whereas a lot of the stuff I like to watch, she stays far, far away from. Yeah. So it's it's a lot more of a dramatized uh, version of the psycho Norman Bates story, and it's it's a lot more accessible for casual fans of of that type of drama and that type of. Um, it's got enough creepiness that people might enjoy watching it, but um, or horror fans might enjoy watching it, but it's also got a lot of that drama that the, the the tweens might like as soon as i got out of the idea that it was completely not at all like it should be i started enjoying it more but um again i've only seen the first season and the first story arc they had in that first season that ended like around episode seven I thought was freaking amazing. And then the rest of the first season I thought was kind of mediocre at best. Yeah, it kind of lost its way towards the end, but um, it had a good good uh, way to bring it, bring you in with those first couple episodes, and then it really ramped up in the middle. Hell yeah, um, it did. I haven't seen the second season yet, but I just saw a preview for it at a movie I went to today, and it looks looks pretty like i wasn't sure if i was going to go back to it again this year but what movie did you see today eric (sighs) do i have to go there i really want to know because you took your wife right i did (laughs) so what movie did you go see today well she's a big fan of those (laughs) those, uh, (laughs) she's a huge fan of the that craze of uh, young adult fiction that's coming out the last couple years so we went to go see Divergent. She's a big fan of that series. Hmm. How was it? Um, it was... Did it diverge your attention? It did. It did for... Oh, well, there goes my the phone. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Good God. Someone didn't turn their phone off. I thought I that like was a movie. podcast That's a movie theater. <laughs> I thought someone was mad that we were talking about Divergent. Right. They, they don't like us talking about Divergence. They want us to stay in our own factions. Yeah, that's, well, that's a little inside divergent humor for people. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. As coming from the outside, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. The girl's fun to look at. She's pretty cute. I don't know her name, but yeah, I'm pretty sure she's above chick. 18. So I'm I'm okay. Well, <laughs> after the movie from today that I we're going to say the about, same thing, like, I don't even know what to do. I had to. Um, go and start like like hunting the people down on um imdb and trying to find out when they were born to find out if i was um gonna go to jail or not but um (laughs) 
Um, okay, so that's cool. Another weird little, um, it brings us back to the thing a little bit. Um, a couple weeks ago, Chris, you were talking about Death Laid an Egg. So I went and checked that out because you were talking about how awful and ridiculous it was. So obviously that sounds like something I would love. Right. So um, I was watching it and um, is the in the beginning, is the hotel with the red and black circular staircase the same one from fifth chord i don't know that's a good question i didn't i didn't think to recognize it let's put it that way um but i can check well it was fresh in mind so yeah um, that's true but yeah it's just really cool like to see these places again and other stuff so um yeah good stuff Weird. weird super weird um now, nobody, shockingly enough, um, tried to answer the question of what music is in the intro. Ugh, and I just tried again to get the one that I can't get, and I, I tried shazamming it like Eric had suggested, <laughs> and uh, I, I shazammed the fifth chord from last podcast, and it worked just fine, but the one that I can't get, which is in between... Um, don't say it okay <laughs> it's in it's 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 number three or four it's no it's the th it's the third from the last i think is the is one it the get. is it the low key one with just the bass playing ah that's so rad yeah i can't get that one. Oh, you know it creep yeah okay <laughs> is it from is it from a film that we would consider a giallo or not necessarily yes oh okay so then i am i am a lot at a loss for words because <laughs> i have no idea what it is let's let's put our heads together sounds like Wait. a bunch of dudes in a gay bar bathroom <laughs> <laughs> i lobbed it up you knocked it out again sounds like <laughs> three guys in a gay bar bathroom um no, but seriously. Uh, so I have another question because um, we have some things to actually give away to our um, loyal listeners. And it's funny that you were talking about Shazam because somebody on the Facebook group said that his sh Shazam wasn't working and he couldn't get it to fucking pick up the shit on the songs either. <laughs> oh, Shazam, you funny thing. Um, so anyway... One of our um, friends of the show, uh, Jimmy Gonzalez, um, a.k.a. Speedy, who um, I met in Vegas at Polygrind a few years back when they showed my um, Vaginal Holocaust, Cage Lesbos, A Go-Go, and Orgy of Blood triple feature night. Um, he had these there then, and he sent me um some more to take a look at but he does these super cool like um electro dance mix dvds to scenes from movies and he's uh got one here called electro euro trash black glove killer thrillers and it's freaking awesome and i was um watching it getting ready for the show doing laundry you know doing stuff that men do right before they do a podcast they like clean their house and do laundry and 
stuff like that. But um, the movies it has on it, it has um, Five Dolls from August Mood, Burn with Crystal Plumage, Case of the Bloody Iris, Case of the Scorpion, Sail Cat and Nine Tails, uh, Death Walks at Midnight, Don't Torture Duckling, Eyeball, blah, 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 a bunch. And it's got songs from like Lady Tron and um, Lego Welt and a ton of other stuff. It's really, really cool. And he said we could give some away. So, my question for next week is, at the beginning and end of the show, you hear this sound. Chow! Chow! And I'll put it in right there, and we just heard it. And it's two people going, chow, chow. Chow! Chow! Okay? If you could tell us what that's from, chow, chow. we will send you an Electro Euro Trash DVD um from speedy um and uh yeah so to answer it uh just email me creeperson at gmail.com and that'll be that so eric did you get to get a chance to take a look at it oh uh, yeah I, po- I popped it in i didn't watch all the way through but um i really enjoy those kind of creative things that people put together and he, um i just got it i think Thursday. So, uh, yeah, I put it in and um, I, I wasn't sure what to expect with it, but I remember that took me back to I was into a lot of that kind of dance music, that electro dance music, and I never thought to put it to Giallo film before, and that was really cool to see. If you want to know more about it, I guess you could go to spacetunesmedia.com with a Z um, on tunes. Or just find Jimmy Gonzalez on our Facebook group page. He's always posting. In fact, he posted a picture that he thought was really funny today of my um, guest spot in um, <laughs> Solange. So, uh, <laughs> so there's that. But um, no, this thing is super cool. It's something you could have on when you have a bunch of people over and you're getting drunk or you're trying to impress a lady friend with some drinks and smoothness. Um, Show how cultured you are. Yeah, or pervy, because it gets kind of pervy. Maybe it's a really bad idea if you're trying to get into the the mood with some chick. Or if you're Mike, it's perfect to just watch when you're drinking a beer and about to do a podcast, because that's kind of how I did it today, and it seemed to work out fine. (laughs) So, so yeah. All right. So that's kind of how that goes, right? That is. So um, the other thing that we were going to do special on this episode was um, we have done 10 episodes now, and it's been a long, fun trip that we've enjoyed very much. And um, some of the stops we've made on our journey some of us have enjoyed more than others and typically no one agrees with me ever and um so we thought it would be fun if we took the first 10 movies that we did and did like a top 10 and then i would use math to try to figure out um a nice average of how everything works out that's about right right that's how that goes that's how it was explained to me yeah now i gotta do stuff with paper again to try to find it because I I started moving stuff around. Aha! I'm picturing a big chalkboard behind you with a bunch of different formulas and algorithms coming up with the the final uh, 
final calculations on this. To, to be fair, I have two whiteboards right around me with a bunch of stuff written on it, none of it having to do with this, and I just scribbled wow. everything on a notebook. <laughs> but it's like pages of notebook stuff, and it really wasn't that hard, but for some reason I was fucking the whole thing up. So after super hard math stuff, um, here is our top ten. Okay, so I'm not going to do it like that. But um, So here is the big shocker. At number ten... We have Bay of Blood, Ugh. and I can't believe that was the last one. Like, you can't. I, no, because I mean it's not that great at all. But there's moments that are watchable, and there's the music in it is so great. So I was I was a bit shocked, but that was the one thing. Is this a, is, is this a um? How many uh, top ten lists did you get for this? Is it just the three of us, or is it's it more? It's just than... the three of us. And then what I want to do next time, I want all of our listeners to send us their top tens, and we'll do a listener top ten next time. So that's kind of fun. We're doing stuff. We're including people. Interactive. People like lists. Oh yeah. Pe- people it's like so to easy. judge people and rate people. So, I guess my only question is, <clears throat> the two of you both had Bay of Blood at number 10, right? Because well, I had sneak. Bay of Blood at 1, 2, 3, 4. You had it at 4. Uh, 6, actually. You had it at 6. So, how could it be 10? Are you telling me you sent me the list backwards? <laughs> I didn't send it backwards, I... I sent you the one that I liked the most first. So one through ten, right? Is that backwards or forwards? <laughs> Time to redo the math. I think I'm I gonna mean, have to redo the math, guys. Real quick. Um, no, this is not a real quick thing. Okay, so, um, yeah, so you're you're reading mine backwards. Chris, one that I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> here check this out real quick. I just want to make sure that this is correct. Um, can you see the bottom of the screen? I'm going to start typing to you right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Loud enough for the audience to hear. I can't see the bottom of the screen. You don't see the dialogue? I'll read I it don't. out loud. I don't. No, don't read that. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Click yeah, okay. the little thingy. Got it. No. Last one. No, then that's right. You have um, Bay at number four, like from the bottom. So six. So six. Right, exactly. Number six. Don't make this so complicated. Yeah, that was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't even had my scotch yet. Well, you said number four. It's not number, it's fourth worst. Yes. Right. From the bottom. Oh, it's semantics. My, my, I guess the only reason why I brought it up is because if if both of you guys have it for ten, the only way the only way it could average to ten is if all three of us had it at ten, right? No, because no? there's point values for each number. Oh, oh. you're grading on a curve. Got it. <laughs> that that was a that was a tricky thing you I, did there. I really think that there's 
you guys have it in for that film and wanted it, there was no way it wasn't going to end up at number 10. No, so. because I will tell you right now, <laughs> I wanted Four Flies at number 10 more than anything. I'm like, that movie should be at the bottom of this fucking list immediately. But you didn't put it at the bottom of yours. No, I did put it at the bottom of mine. Oh, oh, okay. But other it. people put it much higher, Eric, and um, <laughs> fucked my whole thing up. I did it on purpose. <laughs> okay, so right, back to this now. No, it's cool. I'm glad that we figured that out so it's not crazy town in here. Okay, so Bay of Blood number 10. Whatever. Um, and then number nine, we had Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Okay. Oh. Oh, so we, yeah, no one really liked that movie. So did so, you both put that as your 10? That was my 10. That's my number eight. Okay. So those two I together, like drug it down. I, I like Four Flies a lot, but if we're talking about the 10 that, that, that have been covered so far, it's not in the top for sure. And now this one, number seven, broke my heart. Wait, what's Black- eight? Oh, Eight. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a mess right now. It's kind of dark. We need, we need Casey Kasem. Right? <laughs> or we need, like, the Florida Poles people to come and make sure I'm not fucking shit up over here or something. Yeah. You got that hanging was a, chads all over this. This is a dated-ass joke right there, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so number eight is Black Belly of the Tarantula. Hey. Right. And Get online with that one. Oh, dude, that was my number three. Ooh. I do see some inverse uh, relationships going on with this. If I could speak mathematically. What What is the inverse relationship? <laughs> well, I had four flies up at number four, and you had it <laughs> down on the bottom, and then now we're doing black or uh, yeah, black belly. We got screwed, is what you're saying, right? But yeah, Eric's I'm just saying you and I it. are you and I are on different wavelengths. Yeah, what Eric's trying to say is that he has the list that's accurate and Creep doesn't. No. Um, <laughs> Creep's the, reading his upside down. No, you're reading your ass upside down. <laughs> um, so number seven was the fifth chord. Ooh, that's a shame. And me and Eric picked, ex- we put this one at the same number. Yeah. So we had this at, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but Chris, <laughs> you had that at your third, right? Yeah. Yeah, number three. Okay. Now, number, let's see, this would be six, correct? Yes. Um, Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Okay. Uh, Nothing? Well, I had it as my three. I had it at five. I had it at nine. Had it at sucked it into your black hole i sure did that's the whole plan here and then um uh number five case of the bloody iris wow which even my number nine rank didn't pull that one down too well because i gave it i had it at number two wow so uh but chris had it at number what six or five six Six, okay. Um, then we had Strip Nude for Your Killer at number five, right? Mm. No, four. Four? Yeah, because that was my f- number one, so I gave it a bunch of points, so I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Number three, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Number two, our film for this evening, What Have You Done to Solange? And number one, Torso. So I got the top two correctly. 
You did, you dick. This was a quiz. Look at that. Yeah, you sure did. So Eric's number one was Torso, and so was yours, Chris? Or No, Torso was my number four. Oh, okay. And it was actually your number four as well. Yeah. So how it broke down... Um, The curve. Yeah, that that math is really making me think. You guys don't like my math. You get ten points for a number one. (laughs) You get nine points for a number two. Okay. And then we just add them together. So Torso got... Let me think. Ouch, it hurts. 24. You are correct, sir. Okay. Ah. See how that works. That was some good stuff. So if you guys don't like my math, Jesus H. Christ. I like it now that you explained it at the very end. (laughs) It was supposed to be a big secret. Oh, okay. And you guys ruined it. You're not supposed, supposed to, to think know you're a genius? how the president gets elected. You're just supposed to be okay with it. <laughs> oh, that's right. <clears throat> Sorry, Creep. Yeah. You're a mathematical genius. I'm actually we... not. That was a really silly, oh. simple way to do it. But <laughs> It took me a couple different theories of how to make this go. And um, once I, I latched on like a, like a baby on a teat, I just ran with it. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, all of the listeners out there who may be um, not happy with the way that this list had turned out should send their top tens in. Exactly. So we can skew these results a little bit better. Right. Well, this isn't a very very good sample copy. Are right. you trying to say that we just don't have uh, enough of a base to sample this? Because it right. was just based off of these three guys. No, I just I just don't like the results, that's all. <laughs> do you not like that torso was number one or are you more mad that strip nude for your killer was number four yes <laughs> yes both. on everything well, yeah, yeah. Every- no because i'm pissed that tarantula was so low i don't know why no one likes that movie i think it was super it's just fun. forgettable to me i think it's beautiful give it another try yeah a- i think my problem is this it was just so forgettable and um like with Torso or Solange, of course Solange we just recently watched, but there's just so many things in it that are so great that I kept thinking about um, for hours and sometimes days after we watched it, and I don't remember that with uh, Tarantula. Well, the one thing that I was doing when I was putting like my list together was like the rewatch value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like Fifth Court is a great movie, but I probably am not going to watch it again anytime soon. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, I added that in there, but at least for me. Wow. But, and you're like, wow, you would watch Black Blackbelly the Tarantula again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying wow because I really like rewatching Fifth Chord. I've watched it a, a, a bunch of times. It's just not fun. I'd like to watch it for the first time. <laughs> How it was meant to be. Point. Oh, well... Let's agree to just agree with me, and we will continue. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Okay. No, you don't have to be. We'll let, so everyone out there, send your list so we can. And we also we actually already have a list that was sent in, and um, we sh- should probably hit that up at the end of the show because um, it's it has some girth to it. So, um, yeah, it's a good word, girth, yeah, to use for that, yeah, 
Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, um, so anyhow, um, without any further ado, let's go ahead and turn some pages. I don't know if this is horribly <laughs> annoying yet. Getting out the file cabinet. Yeah, dude. You know, if I'm not going to do math good, I better have paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here is the um, trailer for What Have You Done to Solange? Surrounded by secret boyfriends, petty jealousies, orgies, and lesbian games. What have you done to Solange? What's all this about a priest? One of Elizabeth's ideas. She kept having nightmares about the murder, reliving it over and over again. What have you done to Solange? I know nothing about Mr. Rosani's relations with the Seckles girl and the other two. Nobody has said there was a relationship with the other two girls, right? Oh, it seems rather evident. I see. And we're back. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It's just like being there. Right. I felt like I was sitting in the old smoky theater watching that preview. Oh, that would be great. Um, Yeah, so I was going to um, read off a short synopsis 
that I found online, but I found like three different ones and I didn't like any of them. So I'm just going to do it the way I do it for right this second. So um, what have you done with Solange or to Solange or depending on where you lived? Um, there's also a bunch of other titles, which we will talk about in a minute. But anyway, so IMDb gives this movie a 7.1. It was released in Italy in 1972, but it didn't come out here until 1975. It was a co-production with, um, the Italian production company Rialto Films that did a bunch of, um, Edgar Wallace crimmies and all that fun stuff. Um, and... This is the synopsis of the film. Basically, what we have here is a movie about a super cool-looking dude who is a teacher at this girls' school. He teaches gym and Italian, and he's making out with this chick who's one of his students, and he's trying to finger-blast her, and she keeps turning him down, and while this is happening, she sees some chick with her shirt ripped open being chased by some dude in black with a big ass knife. He thinks she's trying to just push him off and make up some excuse to not put out. And then the next morning he hears that some chick had been killed right where they were. So he went to go make sure and he gets caught being on the scene of the crime which goes into this whole big spiral where the girl was one of his students and um, everyone at this all girls school Catholic school is either in danger or under suspicion done 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 um, it's a big done yeah man and this movie is really really well done it's uh it's beautiful to look at and the maricone score is seriously probably my favorite that he's done like uh -huh. i i could listen to this music all day and i've kind of done it before and it's just it's the the main theme of this is just gorgeous i i i, I cannot stress how much i like this and at least the music yeah, definitely one of the better ones, especially that we've done on the show. Oh my god, it's so good, man. Um, this it's got some duds, but this was a good one. What? Oh, the music, you mean? Some of the some of the other films that we've covered on the show, we've kind of remarked on how he kind of phoned it in on some of his scores, but not this one. Four flies on green helmet. <laughs> wow, that is <laughs> hard. Movie <laughs> <to cough out. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, so um, that's great. And um, the thing about this movie that stands out for me a lot, um, actually there's a couple things. One, um, Camille Keaton plays Solange, and she will go on a few years later to um, take on the role of Jennifer Hill in I Spit on Your Grave, a.k.a. Day of the Woman, um, which most... I would think most horror fans and Americans would know her from. <laughs> and um, this movie was only done maybe like four to five years before that movie. And it's shocking because she looks like a fucking child in this movie. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, going, oh, like, I... and we were just talking about this, that like there is enough jailbait in this movie to make you really feel awkward looking at fur burgers all day 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I also saw that she was in some Italian men's magazines around this very same time, too. So, uh, depending on what their laws and statutes were over there, I guess. Like she was pretending to be an Italian man? <laughs> the other the other kind of men's magazine. Ooh. Where she was for the, for the men that like to sit around in lounges and smoke cigars and read magazines. And look at hairdos. Yes. Yeah, that's some hot stuff. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, but the, the thing about this movie that trips me out more than anything is, to me, like, hands down, probably, and people will argue with me, but um, Fabio Testi, I think is how you say his name, is the coolest leading man in any of these movies I've ever seen, and not because he's just a super nice guy, but let me break down this list for you. Uh, he has at least oral sex with a 17-year-old student of his. He is found at a crime scene. He lies to cops. He cheats on his wife. He's late to work. He gets, in quotes, arrested for a little bit. Um, he finds two bodies. One of him is his underage lover in his secret apartment. And then he breaks into the killer's apartment later. And no one gives a shit. Nobody fucking cares. And his wife starts helping him. The killer fucking likes him. The cops help him. And the only guy who, like, really wanted him dead was this colonel guy, which was the uncle of the girl uh, he was seeing who ended up dead in his bathtub. And he's like, to the cop, he's like, let me talk to him. I'll get a confession out of him. And then you never see him again. And so what I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? He probably did let him go talk to him. And like five minutes later, he was probably like, oh, no, that guy's great. Yeah. (laughs) No big deal. I'm out. That that part was was off camera. (laughs) But it's just like this guy gets away with everything and nobody fucking well, it's, I, because, it's because he's Italian and the rest of them are all um, English. So Stuffy Englishmen. Yeah. Well, the, the creepy peeping Tom guy was like, oh, oh, I've never liked him. Oh, oh. But you know, like, if he's like, hey, let's go have a drink, creepy, he would be like, yeah, let's go. You know, we well, I mean, he was he was doing this classic projection of, you know, I'm, I'm so appalled with his behavior and then I'm going to spy on the girls while no one's looking, you know. So he was a self-hating um, pervert, basically. Super oh, you're talking creepy. about lizard lips? Yeah. <laughs> that that's guy. what I wrote, him, wrote his name down as in my notes. Oh, he's just like creepy face guy, dude. He was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> Kind of looks like a like a mouse, maybe even. The some other things about this that I noticed, and one of the things that isn't one of my favorite things is um, it takes place in London instead of Rome. Yeah, I wanted so to ask you about like that. Like, oh, what a bummer! But yeah. um, the movie itself is just such a good movie, you know that like I didn't, it didn't like make me want to like turn it off or anything like that but there's so much blue in it there's more blue in this movie than i think any other um jolly that we've done at least so far on this but like super vibrant vibrant blues like everywhere from the ugly ass doors at the police station that were bright blue with gold fucking trim you uh-huh. kidding me um, the furniture I was watching this time. Yeah, dude. And then the 
behind the cop's desk, there's three pictures hanging up. Two of them have these bright blue wooden frames, and um, one of them has a gold frame. And it's just like blue and gold, even though that was like my elementary school colors, you know? <laughs> I don't think they go well together. Kind of regal colors, aren't they? Well, like, like the Majesties. <sighs> Those are my, my high school colors, actually. Blue and gold? Yeah, blue and gold. It just yeah, that... looked really weird in this movie. Yeah. It was like you a... Know... Like, I kind of like the exterior shots, even though it was in London, but yeah, there was like one really bad day for night shot for no reason. Um, and it was very, very blue. I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, but it's like they didn't have to shoot that scene. I think they're. I just... think I, I do know what you're talking about. Um, I picked up on a couple like that too. Yeah. There's actually one super cool shot when um, the killer is following um, the dude's girlfriend on. She's on the bike and he's following her, and they go down this um, street of like flats or whatever. And one of the buildings is like fucking bright, glow in the dark blue. Did you notice that? <laughs> it was just like pow! It was just like in the middle of all these like dreadful looking buildings and then it was just like yeah. bright ass blue um wonder who lives there i don't know it was just like the, the blue and it was so blue it was just like it was just crazy yeah but yeah so there was that um but when i was watching it i was watching um an italian version of it um and i was watching it side by side with the school that couldn't scream, which was one of the American releases of it just to see like what the differences were because there was a minute difference in them. And what tripped me out was there was actually more scenes in the Italian version, but the house or the, uh, the school that couldn't scream or whatever, that version it plays faster like the the, because it's like off of a vhs rip or something like that it's up on youtube and it like everything moves quicker like so i would have to keep pausing the um, other one to let the other one catch up to it kind of thing it was really kind of fun it was actually i was gonna say that sounds annoying it it would have been (laughs) annoying but like because the other thing about this movie is that they filmed this movie in English. Right. And, I read that. Yeah. yeah. And then they would, they dubbed it with the Italian. So when I'm trying to like match, I, it was like me editing a movie or something. It was like, I'm trying to match the mouth yeah. to the words from the other movie. It was just, that was kind of fun. Yeah. I heard they were um, really insecure about the dubbing um, with American audiences, not liking Italian or English dubbed Italian films, so they just made everyone speak English. So, so they said that it, like American audiences couldn't even tell. I that. call bullshit on that, <laughs> dude. It wasn't that. I mean, maybe back in the day it was was good looking, but yeah. well, you probably we're, had we're a grainy all... film in your head. You had people watching it at the drive-through, so yeah, they're probably distracted a little With bit. Foggy windows, yeah. right? Yeah, but the one thing the between the two versions I watched, um, like in the Italian version, every chick that gets killed, you get a shot of the knife in her Ferberg. And in the American, you do not. 
Like it shows it the aftermath yeah, or the yeah, actual yeah. act of it. It shows the aftermath. So like uh, the okay. first chick that gets killed, you see these pictures of it. Right. And you're yeah, like, the X-rays. Whoa. Well, no, not just the X-ray. Like oh. like crime scene photos. Oh, right, right, right. And yeah. then um, you have uh, the chick that's found. Now here's something I wanted to ask you guys. The house that um, Solange had her abortion at, okay, that same house is where the second victim was taken to and killed out in front of? No, I don't think so. I thought that too. But they did end up killing um, the woman who was like the the woman who did the abortion. Yeah. She She was killed later on in the film, but... My opinion is that it, um, it, it wasn't the case. It just, it looked similar. I think, I think I thought that too, but I, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but, um, the second girl, <coughs> was a girl who got a call saying, um, please, like uh, book bring my book out. Right. Yeah. And then, um, at the very end when, um, in, uh, is it Enrico? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When Enrico gets a hunch and goes back and you can see, um, I don't know if it was the mother or, or somebody else, um, she's, she's standing there petting the white cat. And you see the white cat fall to the ground when the killer grabs the girl and brings her into the car. Yeah. And then so, and so her body is discovered on a farm. No, that's what I'm saying. That house is the house where the abortion took place, isn't it? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Would, would that be the same house where the 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 woman who did the abortion was killed when she was yeah. found out? The, yeah, I don't know. I could. Be I'm wrong. not saying that that house is the same house where the girl with the cat lives. No, no. I'm saying know, where her body was found. The killer dumped her body in in a field, um, yeah. and then and then the next morning the the woman comes out and she tells the cops why did it have to be here? Why did it have to be here? Yeah. And then that's why I was confused. Was that chick the chick who did the abortion and was found dead later? I don't think so. Okay. But I, think, I could be wrong. Yeah, I think one was the, what was it, the maid or something like that? She was the one that... Well, the chick that did the abortion was the maid of the blonde chick that okay. lied to the cop. So I'm thinking that maybe it was was possibly the same woman, but I don't know. Maybe I watched it over a week ago and you guys said you watched it recently so that could be way off to be fair it's a little bit confusing like yeah. the hardest part for me was keeping track of all these schoolgirls. yeah like maybe. i was having a really fucking hard time like remembering names and faces because like you don't like spend really any like quality time with these people and the other thing is in the italian version um the girlfriend who's the teacher or his wife or whatever that's the teacher at the school has this big talk with her class and i think that's where she finds out about the secret society that they have or their little club of whores or whatever the hell they call it (laughs) and in the american version there's this scene where the cop comes in to ask a couple of the girls a question during the class and then the next scene it cuts to the wife and Enrico walking and she's like yes so I found out they have a secret society just like out of nowhere it's like oh okay well that's something let's talk about that you know 
So I didn't know because in the Italian version, I don't have subtitles on it or anything. So I didn't know if you guys saw the version with subtitles to be able to know what was said during that um, scene. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have what I would consider to be the Italian version, but it's in English. And, um, you know, a, a full a full version, like uh, uh, an hour and 46 minute version. Yeah. And... Um, that scene, if I remember correctly, um, the woman goes in and she starts asking them, uh, or, or she starts saying something about somebody had been killed, and then the girls all take like turns standing up and exactly that's questions. the scene, yeah. And they all stand up and start asking questions, and then she says, "Hold on a second, um, let me ask you some questions." But she didn't ask that many before the police officer walks in. The, the inspector walks in, and he starts asking them questions about the confessional, and they all start giggling yeah. because you're not supposed to talk about what you talk about in the confessional. Yeah. So, in the version that I have, but then the cop yeah. leaves, and then she starts talking to the kids again. Is yeah. that? I don't. I don't remember that exactly. <clears throat> It seemed like the, such a minor scene I didn't really pay attention oh, to. Oh, okay. I just felt like I'm like, okay, so now she has all this fucking information. Like, when the hell did that go down? Like, it, so I was just tripping on it. Yeah, I think I remember I remember um, the Secret Society being brought up in that room. Uh, they didn't call it a Secret Society. I think they just said something like it was a click. Right. Like you're, you're in their click. And That's right. Eric is exactly right. I'm bringing that now. And then might have said later that. on, later on when Herta or whatever her name is, the old German housewife is talking to Enrico. That's when she calls it a secret society. Yeah. So she like twists the words around a little bit. Right. And then she goes, "What's wrong with being friends with each other?" You know. Yeah. Like the, like some of the girls were mad at the other girls because they were like in a clique. Yeah, it was the clique. So it was. They engaged in lesbianism. Basically. That's Those what it sounds like. Well, they started out with, with uh, what's his name? The the one black guy that was in the film. Phil? Uh, Freaking cool-ass afro who's taking right. pictures of weird milk girl. <laughs> and he's probably the worst <laughs> photographer in the world. She's like laying there. Her feet are under a goddamn C-stand for the lights and stuff. And she's posing awful, and he takes like maybe three pictures, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, you could go. Yeah, I'll yeah, he's, pay you he's too." He's not a professional. Oh, dude, what a douchebag! <laughs> so yeah, it's, so that's kind of where the and his milk was like, like yellow. The fuck was that? The milk was like a weirder color than the weird milk girl. Ugh, she was, was weird. She was covered in some kind of donut powder. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> Powdered sugar. Yeah, so so he goes. Uh, Enrico talks to Philip, and that's when he finds out that the girls, this clique, was was hanging out with him and having some sexy time. Right. And then they all all just turned turned on him and became lesbians or something like that. Is that is that what you guys are talking about? Well, yeah, kind of. He says Enrico. I think he's talking to her, the yeah. wife, and he's like, and they're. They do lesbians, the dykes. Like he says some weird fucking <laughs> thing, and I'm like, what? Yeah, because something but, happened to Solange that caused them to stop having sex with the boys. I right. think is what the dialogue was. So that was yeah. a pivotal moment, I think. Yeah. 
for realsies. Or Solange. What happened to her? And then the only other um, scene that was cut out of um, the School That Screamed version is when the guy that apparently looks like me, the um, landlord (laughs) of the secret apartment, when he's let out of jail, he's all pissed off and he storms down the road. (laughs) And then he turns a corner and he's still pissed off storming down the road and then sees a priest and freaks out. And that little bit's not in the School That Screamed version. Yeah, and so in the English version, he's he comes out of the police the police station. He's like, God damn cops. I hate cops and priests. Where am I supposed to find a cab at this hour? If I ever see a priest, I'm going to. And as soon as he says that, he turns a corner and there's a priest. And he, and he freaks out and runs the other way. And it's like that it's right really there is the only... a good example of the really bad day for night. Because that right. was like total fucking daytime. Where am I going to find a cab at this hour? It's probably like three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> They're all on lunch break, still. So. Oh, yeah, siestas. Forgot all about that. They don't have those in London, though, do they? No. <laughs> but what were you saying, Chris, before I rudely cut you off like an asshole? No, no, that was it. It was, like, the only, um, really the only kind of comic relief in the whole film. Like, the film is pretty, it's pretty serious. There's not, you know, a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff going on in this film. There's not a lot of, like, light like that. You know, not light, yeah, right? <laughs> not it's not light-hearted murder mystery kind of thing, like um, five dolls for an August moon or anything like that. This is, you know, it's this is this is pretty somber type stuff. This film. This is super crimmy. Like it's like very, like, like not awkward, but like a straight up like murder mystery. Like Angela Lansbury could have landed in this story and maybe helped a little bit, but she probably would have fallen in love with Enrico anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> then we'd have to see her in the shower. Oh my God. What if she <laughs> was in the bathtub? <laughs> she, and I she might that, be a little old for him, but I don't know. I was going to say, I, I think that's what makes this such a, a great film because um, if you look at, you know, what, you know what kind of point value it got on on the Jalo score? I mean, it really follows almost to a T um, the formula that you know that was kind of set you know you know th- that was kind of set up by Bird with the Crystal Plumage and Blood and Black Lace and some of these other you know original Jalo. I mean, this is a, this is an early one. This is like seventy one, seventy two. So. I mean, do you consider him being arrested? at all as him really being arrested no no the cop never thought he did it nope and i didn't give him points i didn't give points for that um because really the the main criteria for that is um that there's another murder that happens while the person they think is the killer is in custody so that has to happen in order for them to get points for for something like that yeah um but if you look in the section where you know you get one point for these little signatures they actually had uh, this film got 12 points, and I, I only give a maximum of 10, but I um, I, I made note of the ex, you know all 12 of them, um, and this is an interesting thing that I think you know we would be fun to discuss. Um, you know, obviously it didn't get the points for being in an Italian location. We all know that it's in London, um, but the other points it didn't get was that the killer did not have a 
accomplice. And when I first scored this film, I started talking about how you kind of could say is Solange herself an accomplice. I totally think you can. Well, that's uh, that's what's up for discussion because she's not in her right mind. She's not really helping him uh, in a way that an accomplice would. But at the same time, the most recent time that I watched this film, there was always a the one part in the movie that, for one reason or another, it just didn't click with me what was going on. And that's the scene where all the guys from the police department are out there undercover yeah. at the park. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what was going on. And it, you know, I, now I understand that Solange was the one who came to get uh, Hilda, I guess her name was, uh, the blonde girl who was the last victim that didn't actually get killed. Um, she was actually, it seems to me, she was kind of, um, she knew what she was doing. She was totally. She, she came out and, and kind of got, got herself noticed on the merry-go-round and then um coaxed coaxed her away and got in the car uh with the killer and they all drove away so now do you and i totally think that the dad had her do that to throw suspicion off of him since obviously i mean not obviously but chances are that the guy who was doing these killings worked at the school right and that would like go oh well he's not going to kill his own daughter uh, blah 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 whatever but yeah, do you do you think do you think though that Solange turned him in do you think like she purposefully like went oh there's people in the apartment I'm gonna go in and get noticed and take them down and show them my dad's shit yeah because what does she do at the end she goes and the the uh, the German woman the German teacher I guess uh, she's kind of standing there and she notices Solange and then um, she kind of says, you know, kind of beckons her to come up the steps and, and reveals the uh, the beard and the gloves and the jacket, right? Yeah. Is that what at the end? Yeah. yeah. So that's so that's the question. I mean, is she an accomplished or is she kind of a victim? And in, in that case, I wouldn't give them the points if, if she was, if we really consider her to be a victim of, you know, Partly because of her mental status, and partly because of, you know, the fact that she's kind of powerless against what her father's doing, kind of thing. Eric, yeah, what do you would, think? You would, you'd, yeah, like you said, I don't know if you'd have to apply like the juvenile justice system rules to this, and and because they did say that, uh, I don't know if this is an actual diagnosis you can give someone, but that she was suffering from infantile regression. Right. I don't know if that's just some fancy words that they were. <laughs> diagnosing her with but if that's true if she was if she had the mind of a child and was acting more uh, irrationally and uh, under the power of someone else then I don't know if you could call it an accomplice but the some of the things she was doing seemed very complex like she would have to definitely have more of a role in it herself than just being sort of brainwashed or under this infantile regression stage or phase or whatever. Yeah. And so in the in the basement or wherever the fuck that scary part of their house was, and he's holding Hilda down. There's a shot of her grabbing the giant knife. Was she grabbing it like she was going to stab her dad, or was she grabbing it to hand it to her dad so he could go to town on what's her face? 
I don't know. I, I think she was she was assisting. And that that's kind of the feeling I got from it. But yeah, like like they I think they wanted to make you think that she was gonna be a hero and then sort of pull a swerve on you when she gave it to the or she was helping her dad. What I think is is that as soon as she found out that um Enrico likes to bang girls in high school yeah. She's like, ah, uh, sorry, Dad, this idea sucks. I want to go back to screwing. And that guy's kind of cute, so I'm going to see if they'll take me home with them at the end of the movie. That's what I think happened. That's a, that's a valid it, argument. Because at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, yeah, my dad's sitting there with a bullet in his head. So you two are a couple, right? Let's go make this thing happen. Adopt me. <laughs> Well, so, you know, we have to. I, I, I think I'm going to ponder this for a little bit longer. See, and one of the reasons why I might decide to award the points um, is because that would push Solange up above Four Flies on Gray Velvet on Jalo score, and oh, that might it that totally might be motivation. Should. That might be motivation enough to give her the the points. <laughs> um, but I would not. I would need to make an addendum to the review or the you know the analysis. So I'll, I'll have to do a little bit of writing. But yeah, I have to think a about black or white that. issue. Yeah, it's not an Afro or Milk Girl issue. No, I mean really if you if you think about what the word accomplice is, it's just someone who helps the killer, and maybe it's unwillingly. Maybe I mean, if you want to talk legally, if you know someone's doing something wrong and you don't report it, you're an accomplice. Yeah, that's true, too. Even if you're an infant? If you have the mind of an infant? Uh, mm, boy. I don't know. <laughs> I've ha- I, I have kids, and Chris has kids, and I'm pretty sure that if I was killing somebody, and I'm like, hey, Shaylee, you're three years old, can you grab me that giant knife and come hand it to me while I stab this chick? I think my kid would still be upset. The fact yeah. that she wasn't like upset or visibly shaken by what was going on i'm leaning more on you could only say infantile whatever to a certain extent like that's like sociopath like no one's home lights on kind of shit Uh i see so yeah you you just want to knock four flies on gray velvet out of there that's that's okay you know i'm not just be upfront about it you know what I will say? I think the mask that the killer wears in Four Flies is way cooler than creepy old pubic hair on your face that <laughs> the guy in this movie has on that That's you never true. really see. Well, so. and you know, besides that, I mean, I think I like Four Flies a lot more than you do, you two guys do, but um, I I like Solange better than Four Flies, and I'd like to see it get higher on the score because it is probably in my top five of, of the best jolly, um, you know, it, f- ever made. So, I mean, it, it, you know, I wouldn't put four flies in my top five, uh, but as far as the Jalo score is concerned, it's number two. And, you know, now we're, you know, we're kind of mixing, um, we're getting, I'm getting emotionally involved in my own experiment, which is not a good thing. But oh, haven't you learned anything from Frankenstein, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> and all the sequels? Well, then again, uh, who cares? Because it's your I'm, fucking site. You can do what you want. I'm making rules. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'll make shit up as I go. Right. Um, but no, I mean, Solange is my favorite Jalo that isn't a fun Jalo. Yeah. Like the fact that it, I. 
like put this in such high regard and it's not like super fun and sexy and i mean it's a like when you think about it at its core it's a filthy dirty fucking movie and who fucking would go oh hey i'm not going to show you your daughter's body but take a look at this x-ray with a big old fucking machete up her freaking <laughs> axe wound like who fucking yeah. does that yeah that, that's crazy like I was just I was shocked. I'm like, this cop is like the biggest asshole in the fucking world. Like I cannot believe he showed that X-ray to the dad. He's like, <laughs> was she raped? Well, depends on how you look at it. Let's go take a look at this X-ray. Then then that'll that'll answer your question. Yeah, right. This will totally help. Interpret this as you will. I just, I just ask the question. Yeah, right. Let me put your mind at ease. It was just a yes or no <laughs> question. You, you didn't have to. Yeah. Well, you know, for for somebody like the father of that particular girl, he may have preferred that that is what ended up happening to her, because because in in the in the mind of a religious Catholic type person from this period of time, these old fashioned folks, getting stabbed in that particular way is probably better than um, losing your virginity to a to a murderer. You know. Now, are you guys bummed out that you didn't get to see um, the lady who gave the abortion naked with the sickle up her hoo-ha? <laughs> no, I got to see it. No, but you just I... see it with pants on. It's not like... I saw it in my imagination. Oh, oh yes, I see what you're saying. <clears throat> Did you guys find it interesting that uh, Elizabeth was killed even though she was a virgin going against all slasher formulas well i mean that girl is about as a virgin as a hymen will let her be you know like <laughs> yeah. we obviously know some shit was going down and he you know smell his beard and you'll be able to find out what was going on down there but um well i yeah. think it's because more along the lines of that she was about to figure out who the killer was. Yeah, that's why. Uh, and that scene, okay, the two scenes in this movie that I thought were really, really fun and a good way to do it was we got introduced to all the faculty in a really cool way. You know, yep. like they all get their homeboys late, like an hour late because he was being a dick and nobody gives a shit. Like they're like, you're a jerk. Okay, come here. And um, so I you get to. Yeah, you get to meet everybody. That's really cool. And then when she tells, like, hey, I saw somebody, there's this great shot of them standing around the table. And they're all standing. And they don't need to be standing, but they're all standing. And the reflections are coming up off the wood. It was just really cool. Like, I really, really liked those two scenes, how they did that. It's nice. Very good point. Yeah. It's an all right point. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the compliment. It was very uh, artistic for a giallo. Yeah, and you know that's funny too because I think you know when you, creep when you were first talking about um, the 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 over or not the overuse but the, but the the um, the use of blue uh, throughout the um, the film and paying particular attention to um, the trims on the picture frames and that sort of thing, like this is one of those. Um, jolly that I don't really pay too much attention to the style so much and I think it's because the story is so well done and because 
you know, most of the time, I mean, let's face it, when you're watching a Jalo, um, you start to get lost because the story really isn't that compelling. I mean, it's some of them are better than others, but there's always kind of a slow part or there's always some part of a look, I've got to suspend disbelief here because none of this makes any sense. So I'll look and see how cool the curtains are or how awesome this chair is over here. Um, and I wasn't doing that with this film because it, it kept me it kept me watching and, and, and paying attention to what people were talking about. And and so I think it's a little bit different of a film. And, and again, just to make the same point of it being a very serious film um, and it being, you know, like you said, it, it you know, that it's got this this creamy influence and um, it's got this. And when I say creamy, I don't mean C-R-E-A-M-Y. Um, should. <laughs> um, and it's got you know this polizio or whatever um, kind of aspect to it too except for the fact that yeah you've got an amateur detective you've got an Italian foreigner in a strange land who's under suspicion who's kind of trying to solve the murder on his own and you've got um, you know a black glove killer and a lot of moody kind of set pieces which is typical of giallo um but it's not, you know, an over-the-top kind of feast for the eyes as it is in Fifth Chord or as it is in Bird with Crystal Plumage or even as it is in Case of the Bloody Iris. Um, so I thought that was a, I thought that was interesting that I when when you guys were bringing up um, some of the kind of um, artistic elements that you were noticing about the way that the sets were designed or the way that the scenes were shot. Um, I, I was the first time I even noticed that or started paying attention to it because, and I do that with most of the other Jolly that I watch. So I, I guess it says something to me about um, how much I was riveted to paying attention to the plot, you know, uh, yeah. compared to most of these other films. Well, the the one thing that I, um, the, the whole reason why I'm not big on London as much as Rome, let's say, is just the way like rooms are decorated let's say in london in these films is that they're really cluttered they have more furniture in it than they need to and it's that baroque not broke like b-r-o-k-e but baroque however you fucking say that um kind of victorian design on, on everything and everything seems like really confined whereas in the films that are in rome they could be in little tiny apartments too but for some reason they just the way they're set up just seems so much more open and the the more modern um things they have in it modern for 1970 kind of give it like this cool feel and like um enrico's apartment like he had that weird ugly but still kind of cool blue and white couch you know like that was like is like mod as we were gonna get it's his little his little signature from the old country yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like hey this is our apartment you know where we could just like love each other and I, yeah, I have a bunch of pornography hanging up on the walls. Don't worry about it. It's, you know, yeah. it's just stuff that I'm into. Um, and it's just like, nobody cares. It's like, yeah, that's cool, babe. Whatever. Let's screw, you know? And it's just like, I don't get it. And like his wife, the, 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 the 
the cops like, yeah, if it makes you feel better. Uh, she was a virgin, and she <gasps> he was. Oh my gosh! And then she's like, let's start over. He's like, we don't need to talk, but you must understand that I need to find out who killed her. And she's like, I will help you. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you came around quick, creepy, right. Nazi-looking, mean woman. But Yeah, and I have that in my notes, too, as something I think is interesting to talk about. Because, you know, we don't talk about character arc in these types of movies. But I really think that you can see that they were trying to do something with this relationship that started out in a certain way. And, I mean, you know, obviously things would have gone different if Elizabeth hadn't been killed. Yeah. But if you notice like how how like unsexual his wife looks in the first part of the film and then as soon as she finds out that the girl he was getting it on with he didn't actually have sex with her and now she's dead and she can't feel she can't really feel bad for him anymore or she can't feel bad for herself anymore and at the same time she all of a sudden starts to look more attractive her hair is done a little differently she looks a little softer i don't know if they did something with the way they lit her face but it was like you know it, it's almost as if act two of this film is about this relationship between the two of them and you know the common goal that they have of trying to um solve this murder well i mean honestly like i am a fan of like the ills and movies and stuff so i thought she was hot the whole time like oh, that's where she's <laughs> from okay like i was just well i mean i don't think she's in any of the ills and movies but i just mean like the whole like like, oh, I see what you're saying. Nazi exploitation, like I am a strict woman. I'm gonna beat you with my whip, and then I'm gonna <laughs> let you pleasure me. You know, like I was all into it. I'm like, cool. Let's let's make yeah. this happen. And one of the first things I wrote down about it is that these these movies are great at making the wives of the of these of the hair of the heroes look cold and lifeless and very pale, and don't put a lot of makeup on them. Pull their hair back real tight. Oh, and, if her hair uh, was back any tighter, it would have ripped her fucking face off. Oh, I dude. know. Yeah, but then, like, like you were, you were saying, Chris, I halfway through, I'm like, I'm really because I that was one of the first notes I wrote. I was really paying attention. I was able to pay attention to that switch over when she wanted to appear a little more sexy for her husband Enrico. I mean, who wouldn't? And uh, I mean, I put on noticed a, a little makeup on her while I was watching it. <laughs> right. <laughs> she got. She got a look little eyeshadow put on i'm sure creep put on some of his own eyeshadow. yeah yeah and uh yeah she got a lot and i mean as strange as it is, as it is maybe you do have to suspend disbelief here on that she would want to help him uh his in his obsession with finding this killer of so of of uh this girl that he was uh, fooling around with did i call anal on like i'm just <laughs> saying like I don't know, dude. Yeah, she, anyway. she seemed a little too eager to help. Yeah. Even even though she was a virgin, even though there was proof that they never really got it on. Yeah, and again, I don't even. That's that's where I had to suspend my disbelief. I'm like, are you telling me that Italian guy wasn't trying to put his fingers in everything? Are you for <laughs> real? <laughs> but anyway, I'll, I'll, I I digress. I will come back. It's okay. But and then I guess um, another point I wanted to make something that I really enjoyed was um, kind of mixing the noticing the artistic element of it along with the plot uh, of it towards the end of when they were trying to track down 
the killer in this park. They're, they try to arrange that meeting, and you've got all those different policemen hiding behind newspapers, sitting on benches, maybe walking a little close to the trees. Um, that was part of the plot, but I also thought it was something really cool to watch being done on film uh, with how they were able to frame some of those shots. And you could see like a guy pass in the foreground, and then in the background maybe someone blurred, uh, kind of doing the same thing trying to appear like a regular just passerby at the park, but they're really the undercover police. Um, I had a really good uh, good time watching that scene. I mean, talk about a whole police force that really dropped the ball. You're watching three fucking girls. Come on, dude. I know. Like, how hard could that possibly be? It's not it like they were foggy running. foggy in London. Oh, come on. Me. Oh, well. Um, the, back to the whole thing with um, how they got back together. When he leaves the police station and his chick's sitting in the car, he like walks and he's like, he like kind of looks over his shoulder at her and it's this really kind of, it's a little longer than it should be, but like the thought process is like, well, my chick's dead. (laughs) Don't really want to walk. Fuck it. And it's just like you could see all of these thoughts like running through his head. You know, and it's just like it just I seriously felt like he was like, well, it's either go home and maybe tap that or, you know, go back to where my chick got killed in a bathtub. Like, yeah. what would I rather do right now? Oh, so cool. But um, one of the points I would like to make if we're making points now, I'm just kidding. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But this hey. really tripped me out because this is the first time in a movie where. I picked the killer from the first time, like, everyone got together. But for motivation purposes, I was completely wrong. And that's never happened in a movie before. I either am completely wrong about everything, or I nail it. But, like, picking the right killer, but for a completely wrong motive... Like, I was like, oh, because, like, you don't even see or even hear the name Solange until, like, 45 minutes into the movie. You know what I'm saying? And I just, like, was completely, like, blindsided. Like, as soon as, like, she came into the whole fold and you started finding out about all their weird shit, then I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm probably wrong here. It's probably going to be so-and-so or whatever. But, like, the first half of the movie, I was like, oh, it's that guy. That guy's way too nice to cool guy. Like, <laughs> you know, he's probably jealous of how fucking cool that guy is. Close to him. Yeah. yeah, you know. But, uh, and then even when, like, he tried to pull the thing, like, in Bird with the Crystal Plumage, like, I'm going to call you and tell you to back the fuck off. He's like, hey, can you just, like, kind of, like, not do that anymore? Like, can you not try to find out who I am? All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, you're super cool, and I don't want to kill you. So um, I'm gonna kill this girl because she saw me, and you could have saw me, but you're just super cool. So I'm just not gonna kill you. That whole thing was just hysterical. <laughs> like this guy cannot be killed. He cannot be stopped. I don't know why he wasn't in every one of these movies. Right. So, so, so you had thought that this guy's motive was just that he was jealous of Enrico, or that he thought he was like giving a bad rap to the school, or something okay. fucking weird. I don't, I don't know. Like, like I'm gonna make this look like a sex crime because 
all the girls are obviously throwing themselves at Enrico because he walks around and sweats all day and still looks amazing. How the hell does this happen? And never buttons his shirt, ever. Why not? You know? I mean, he... um, If we're going to talk fashion for a second here, um, I did enjoy the green velour blazer that the police chief had on in a couple of the scenes. But even more than that, when... um, Enrico went looking for Solange. He had on this bitchin' ass fucking coat. And um, it had, like, the belt on it and everything like that. You know, the scene where he daintily runs across the street, which he should never have done, because he, like, dropped, like, 20 cool points. When he almost gets hit by a car, and then he, like, lightly skips across the street and pretends he's running wow dude he should never have done that but that jacket was fucking cool as shit and then he like goes to that chick's house and he's like hey I'm looking for this person and she's like looking at him like you can stay buddy I don't know who the fuck you're talking about but your coat's nice and your beard is sharp let's get in here (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's my coat thing for this episode the coat segment the coat segment coat segment brought to you by J&B Scotch uh, it's as smooth as it's exactly as smooth as you think it's gonna be that's right. the new slogan smooth as Enrico's beard no as smooth as the stubble on his face after he spent the night in jail Oh, that's yeah. how smooth J&B is <laughs> and she's like they get home she's like hey why don't you you know shave up your face a little bit and come to bed you know, yeah. he's like, "Yeah, we don't need to talk. We don't need to do anything." <laughs> She's like, "Well, that kind of sucks." Yeah, but, you know, maybe he doesn't bang. Maybe that's his thing. He maybe he's impotent, and that's yeah, why I was she's waiting. Still for, I was waiting for the sexual revelation at the end of this movie about something that happened to him in his childhood. Or that something. he doesn't have a penis, right? That, that he got stabbed like that when he was a kid. It happens. <laughs> yeah. He wears the fake beard because he's actually a woman. Dude, no way, man. <laughs> Enrico no is woman the coolest be that cool. guy ever, dude. Oh, man. So are you going to start a companion website called Cool Score? No, but I'm going to start a site that's called uh, Let's Have Enrico Beat Up the Fucking Douchebag from Four Flies. <laughs> I want them cage that, match right now. That, that fight would be over in 10 seconds. The thing, as, as far as suspension of disbelief goes, in all seriousness, now the re- revelation of the Italian book, that thing seemed a little weird. I think if, like, the girl, when she got the call, hey, bring your book out for my daughter or whatever, if she would have told her mom, hey, I got to give my book to this kid, and then the mom reports that or whatever, and that becomes a part of the investigation, that would make more sense than him just going why do you have a book you work at the school that i work at you know and then he tries to put it off like oh well his daughter isn't in the right grade why would she have this let's go to this one victim's house not any of the other victims but just this one victim's house and see if she has the book there like that whole thing just felt a little i mean it makes sense but i it felt a little weak yeah, well, I mean, maybe, you know, the part that you didn't, that wasn't part of what was seen on screen was that 
when they did the investigation into the second murder, you know, the, the father said that, you know, she was, she had gotten a call to go out and brought, you know, this Italian book. So maybe Enrico knew that part. So that's what got him there. You know, that's why he decided to but go But that's back. what I'm saying. That would have been so easy to put in. Right. Like, that's like two sentences. Like, okay, well, now we have a total solid fucking thing, you know? But, um... But I then, did, course, I did like how when he found the book and they were getting ready to leave, he like slams it into the bookcase, so you know, like, ooh, what was that about? Right. Like that whole thing was pretty cool. But if if, if they had done more of of setting that up as something that was part of the investigation, then we couldn't have our amateur detective figure it out on his own. You know, it's it's like you know, the cops would have. <laughs> more information than they than they should have had and the cops would have figured it out and we don't want that this is a jalo so <laughs> right well, now I that mean, you bring it up that's probably the only part of the film i was having a hard time following what part but the whole book subplot whatever was going on there um like you said if it would have been more straightforward two sentences to explain it but then uh Somehow, yeah, some kind of compromise to make it more of an of an amateur discovery from our detective. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I... kind of stunk. <laughs> There's always something in these movies that I have a hard time following, and and that was that was that it was for it. this one. But I like how our 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 disbelief is totally suspended at how cool this guy is, and no one ever gives him shit for anything. <laughs> like he's not gonna get fired for banging kids at his school. He got arrested for it and went back to work the next day, and no one fucking said boo to him. You know, like <laughs> I can't he, believe. He, at one point, he comes home and they they send all his stuff. Did they fire him? What stuff did they send? Well, like there's a part after he, after him and the wife, you know, get home from the police station. He walks in. And the doorman hands him um, his bag, like his gym bag. And she was like, well, you didn't think that he was going to just keep it, did you? He didn't, you didn't think that... Uh, oh, did he get he, fired? I think he sure did. He got fired. Yeah, so did that, he ever that, end up back at the school? Because that was the other thing. I'm like, he's never at work. No, he never went back to the school after he got fired. Oh, okay, well, then maybe he did get fired. So okay, maybe him. he did suffer a consequence for one of his actions. So now he loses some cool points. He's not so cool now, is he? Well, Actually, that still, makes him a little cooler. Yeah, like I got fired from a private school. Suck it. Yeah. You know, like... But even the, the the photographer guy that he almost threw into the fucking water didn't seem that upset with him. He's like, yeah, man, I just got to pay this girl real quick. Is that cool? He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm wearing this sweater that looks like moth vomit. Yeah, go ahead. Like, <laughs> Like, that sweater was, like, hideous, and he still looked cool in it. I was like, dude, that guy's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable. But um, the, uh, another thing, the difference in the two versions I saw was that the flashback shit, when they were talking about what happened to Solange and all that, is in black and white, and huh. in the American one, it's like a sepia tone. Right. The, the version I've watched, I noticed that it was a, a, a sepia as well. So, and I think the the version I have is from um, I forget who put the DVD out. I I bought it a long time ago. It's way out of print at this point. Yeah. 
Well, I know um, Media Blasters put one out. Yeah, that might have been it. Um, but it was like not, it's the off, not the off-brand, but their subsidiary, like uh, Shock something. It wasn't Tokyo Shock or anything like that, but like uh, Shriek. Shriek Show. Shriek, Shriek Show. Show. Yeah. Was that what it was? That's what I want to say it is. I don't have it handy because I ripped it. Um, yeah, the Jalo collection. Let's see. Does it have the like the yellow cover? Um, yes. With, like all the question marks on it. Yep. Yeah, that's the one I have. Let's see. I'm doing some my own invest my own amateur investigation. Yeah, Shriek Show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yep. Well, as far as um, other random information about the film, um, the movie was loosely based on um, the the Edgar Wallace, um, the clue of the new pin, which is the whole, the girls in the skank club where the little green pins or whatever. I have not read that, so I don't know how in depth that is. It's, but. it's not very close to it at all. Um, other than the, the pins. Yeah. I think the story is about like a rich uncle and his nephew, um, being discovered dead. And so it's kind of got that same familial relationship, but yeah, other than that, there's nothing really close to it. There's no Solange in it. Well, what I did is there's a ton of alternate titles, and I went into Google Translate, and I got the American versions of all of these different titles. So, here we go. We have um, Who Killed Solange? That one was actually, I was thinking about it, that would have been a cool title because that leads you to believe that Solange is dead. And then when she's yeah. not, you would go, oh my god, she's not dead. Um, and mm. then there was Solange, and then there's Who's Next? And then there is Terror in the Woods, The School That Couldn't Scream, The Secret of the Green Pins, Young Girls Get the Knife. Wow. That's the Denmark title. Yikes. And um, leave it to the French to screw this up. But um, they released it as Particular Games. <laughs> I think that may be a problem with your translate server. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> and then um, it was released as But dot dot dot. What have you done to Solange? Um, Terror in Girls. And then there was a Grease release of it called Rape Partheon or something like that. And <laughs> oh that was kind of weird. Um, then there was one called The Man in Black and then one called Atrocities Dash Solange. Well, what have you done? Mm. Ooh, that totally messes up with the whole questioning of it. Right? Turns yep. it on her. It's very accusatory. Well, I guess all of the titles are. Um, so those are some very different titles. Yeah. You guys think that I fucked up with particular games? You think my translating service <laughs> isn't working? I think you need to pay them a little more. Uh, Google Translate needs none of my money. Um, <laughs> but, Eric, we were talking um, before the show um, about one of these um, cut scenes from the movie, and I didn't have it in mine, and I don't know if Chris had it in his, but apparently there's a scene where Solange is topless and is visited by the killer. 
Right. That's well. That's just what I read. That's what my sources yeah. tell me. But never seen I that. Did not see it in mine. Yep. I think I'm pretty sure I watched the, sh- the same version that Chris has. No topless Solange. That would to be the Italian really men's magazines thing. for that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where that would even be. Like, yeah. where would that have come? Right. And it says that the killer is the one that talks to her while she's topless, so that makes it even creepier. Yeah. <laughs> but what? I, I would think that would give it away. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, is there any other things you guys want to talk about the actual film that we missed? Um, the actual film, not really. I just, yeah, I guess on that creamy, the whole creamy stuff, I, I just thought it was interesting um, how much this was more based on like a German style detective thriller than the Giallo film. But when you think about it, both of them are sort of aimed towards the populist sentiment. Um, they're not, they're, they shouldn't be put up for critical, uh, I guess, dissection. And Edgar Wallace used to get a lot of crap from other writers in, of his era because his stuff, he was such a prolific writer. He wrote, I think, 900 short stories or something like that and over 100 novels, almost 200 novels in his lifetime. Wow. Um, and he didn't live for very long. So he, just how much he wrote, I think he wrote a couple a year, obviously. And um, the, the fact that none of them really, they were just fun you know like, like we're, we've always brought up with jello films you go there you watch for some of the scenes some of the scenes you kind of ignore and are talking with your friends and i think that is a lot of what edgar wallace was aiming for with a lot of his his detective novels and that were eventually adapted for film so and a lot of his stuff was super formulaic so yeah. like the whole jello thing like he knew like i have to have this 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 and this in this story so yeah. let me just hit those points and then I'll be done with it. That's that's where you can definitely see that that influence of creamy novels on the Jello Jello scene in the seventies. I also read a thing about him that he didn't actually write anything. He just <laughs> would talk into a recorder yeah, and then dictated, give it I think to he... his secretaries and say, Okay, write my fucking book, bitch, I'm out. Yeah, I think he, he would sit in a room for like seventy two hours straight and just dictate I think th- three different novels. Then give them to three different ghostwriters or secretaries, and they would all three write them at the same time. So that's how he got. I so should many. totally start doing that, dude. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up to you. No, I seriously, I mean, because since our last show, I uh, put out three new books. So I have the Cartway Twain thing, the Gothic romance and suicide, or whatever the fuck I called it, and the Zombie Alpha. So it's just like that would be the shit if I could just sit in a room drunk and talk i know how to do that obviously so i was certain um, that you were already doing that so oh man i wish yeah you should see the muscles on my fingers dude they're huge (laughs) i i would have fucking took that hymen oh my god i can't believe i just said that okay i have to stop right now dude that was (laughs) ridiculous i apologize world i'm sorry But anyway, so um, Camille Keaton, okay, she had to be at least 23, okay? I did the math, and the math didn't have a huge bell curve like our uh, top <laughs> 10 list did. 
Um, but she was married to Mir Zarki, who uh, directed I Spit on Your Grave, for about three years. Then she married Sidney Luft, who uh, was the producer of the original Star is Born with Judy Garland, who he was married to and had two kids, um, Lorna and Joey Luft. So when Camille Keaton married Sydney, she became the stepmother of these kids, obviously, whose half-sister was Liza Minnelli. Now, can you imagine Christmas at this house <laughs> where Camille Keaton is the mother figure over Liza Minnelli? Like, I'm, like, having, like, weird synapse problems in my brain right now, like, seeing how this would work, and it's just... That's your, next, that's your next book, right? No, I, I don't even think I could do that. I do not think I could even write that. But going back to the Edgar Wallace thing, something else I found and thought it was really weird was um, in the same year that this movie came out, um, another film was made and released um, that was also loosely based on Clue of the New Pin, supposedly. Um, which is uh, Seven Bloodstained Orchids. Now, I was like, what? And I didn't, like, something felt weird about it. And so I started reading some stuff, and then um, there were some people saying it was a rumor and all this other shit. And then when you go on, like, IMDb and actually look at it, it says that he was credited in the Italian version of the film, and then uncredited in a different Italian version of the film and then uncredited everywhere else. But that movie was also a co-production with Rialto who did all those Edgar Wallace movies. And so what I think probably happened was slapping Edgar Wallace's name on anything, especially in Germany was something that made money, especially for Rialto. So, how loosely based that is that's probably what that's from i would guess yeah um but then there was also another guy uh, cornell woolrick who was a big noir writer around the same time edgar wallace was alive and writing and they say that some of seven bloodstained orchids was based on rendezvous in black mm. And, um, but again, that's uncredited, um, because Umberto Lenzi was the one who supposedly came up with the story and the screenplay for it. Um, but in the German prints of Seven Bloodstained Orchids, um, a German writer slash producer guy from Rialto named Paul Hingi is also credited as a writer. Um, so that's a whole big smorgasbord of messy. So, what do you think about that, guys? <laughs> Some inbreeding going on there, I think, somewhere in there. Yeah, he was ripping everybody else off. Well, um, no. oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know our inspector in this movie uh, played many inspector roles in uh, a ton of Edgar Wallace adaptations. He was a German actor, I believe. Because his name, his last name was Fuchsberger, so it sounds Furberger, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess Inspector Barth, he was, he was quite the uh, Edgar Wallace, uh, Scotland Yard detective. Do you guys know who shot this? The, like a cinematographer? Yeah. No. 
It's uh, Joe D'Amato, director oh, wow. of um, Absurd Anthropophagus and a bunch of the Emmanuel movies and a ton of porn. Um, so that's kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah, that is. Especially since the director, Massimo Dallamano, wow, um, was a renowned cinematographer who shot um, A Fistful of Dollars and A Few Dollars More. Yeah, I did see that. Um, and all that kind of shit. And um, so that's kind of cool. And he also did Devil in the Flesh and Black Veil for Lisa and What Have They Done to Our Daughters. Isn't that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen that. What have they done to our daughters? And it's it's very uh, polizio, however you say that. There's no um, there's no black glove killer, and it's it's one of those things where the killer really isn't, you know, the identity isn't hidden towards the last few scenes. It's like they kind of know, you know, you as a viewer knew know who it is, and the, the cops are just trying to catch up with them. So it's more of a is it better or worse than Black Belly the Tarantula? Um, I think I liked it more um, because uh, of it, course. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. The the, the uh, from what I remember, it was not you know it wasn't as boring as Tarantula. So, um, well, when you have th- oh, go ahead. Police- what I was going to say, when you have a police procedural, I would assume that the script and the plot, you know, is a little bit more intricate and a little bit more fast paced than your typical giallo. So, um, you know, that's probably what it, what it was that attracted me or, or at least made me prefer one over the other. Now, uh, one of the things about Fabio, um, that I found odd was that, um, in 1971, he won a Golden Globe for a breakthrough actor in this movie whose title I'm going to destroy, but Garden of the Finzi Contini's, which won best the Best Foreign Film Oscar in um, 1971. And so he goes from that to making this. Hmm. Like, because when you think of this movie and what it's about like i in my head see career killer you know like this is a filthy movie and he's playing not the best guy in the world but he's super cool anyway but he just he came off a super high point the year before so i'm just like wondering like how do you guys do you guys feel like when this came out and this movie was being shopped around because it was a co-production with Germany that it was going to be a big thing or did do you think maybe it was something where they thought it would kind of just stay over in Germany like or do you think it even mattered like do you think he even cared well, I this think is very had... speculatory but I was just really <laughs> curious about it I think they had they might have must have had big plans for it if they forced all the actors to speak in English and then dub it in English that's right send it to America good fucking so, point but i don't think that it was maybe as i i don't know i suppose american sentiments were a little different but maybe they didn't look down on it on this sort of film in europe as much as we did um as a country i'm speaking in the royal we um, <laughs> yeah like i think that they thought that they were making a a well done movie and it is a it's well shot well executed 
but it is pretty sleazy. So I don't know if they if they realize that it would not fly with American audiences or not. But I don't. Th- I think they had good intentions for it. Right on. What do you think, Chris? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I really don't have and and a, a good idea for how to explain that. I mean, yeah. I mean could watch Solange and see that there was something there that they were trying to do that was a little bit different than the other Jolly that were coming out but at the same time you know like Eric said it's it's a sleazy film it's, it's got you know at least in in it thematically it's got underage uh, girls and you know one of the things that I have um, in my notes is you know, there's there's like a, a subtext going on in this film that you know a lot of these other films aren't you know getting that deep with um, the whole idea of the loss of innocence and feminism and rebelling against the cha- Catholic Church and um, this old world morality uh, you know all these themes are coming up in this in this film while at the same time you know you're trying to solve a murder mystery. So, you know, uh, I could, I can see that, you know, it, it was thought out. It was well thought out in, in how they, you know, wanted to portray this story in this film. And maybe they did have higher expectations for it. I mean, if you talk to anybody who is familiar with, with uh, this particular genre of film, they'll typically mention that, that Solange is, you know, considered probably one of the best films of the, of the period. But then again, it's it's a it's a pretty um, it, it's a pretty uh, small demographic of people that um, know these films to begin with. So yeah. it's hard to it's hard to understand how this film um, how it fared with the, the audiences that it was shown to at the time. Because uh, again, we're you know we're watching it from a perspective of how many you know decades later. Um, so it, it's, 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 it's very cool. It's very Four. cool to speculate on it. Um, and, and wonder kind of what was going on at the time in the culture and in the minds of the theater goers and in the minds of the, of the producers and the actors and, and all this other stuff. And maybe, it's like, maybe they thought they were going to go in a, in, in a direction that they ended up not going in. And so Fabio, decided hey i'm gonna do this one because you know if i get in on the ground floor of this movement i'm gonna be the king uh oh and he should have been (laughs) exactly and honestly i just realized right now that the the dad the killer found out all of this stuff from confessionals right i can't believe that those girls for a minute would go oh you know please forgive me i we are total whores and dykes and um, we totally les out and do all sorts of really crazy stuff and get fucked up. And then we took our friend to get an abortion and held her down. And now she's a fucking whack job. Right. Like, do you really think those girls would have actually confessed to that in confession? Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's that's kind of the point I'm bringing up. It's like, you know, these girls are, are, are kind of, you know, they're crossing this bridge from innocence to... Um, maturity and you've got this they, they've got you know if you if you know anything about 
Catholicism, mm-hmm. there's a there's a huge uh, there's a huge amount of guilt that goes along with you know being a Catholic. Yeah. And these these girls, like you know, they obviously wanted to do something to rebel, to be, you know, to to kind of to to get out there and and become you know adults or become women or whatever. But at the same time, you know, all of this upbringing that they had, it's like, well, this is what you do when you do something wrong. You go to confession. Yeah. The it's reason why total, you do like that, exactly how you have to live because that's how you know life. Right. And, uh, and not only that, it's like you're not going to get in trouble. It's confession. They're not, you know, as long as the, the priest hears your confession and absolves you and you do your penance, you're fine. You're good to go. And if and, that fucking priest would have just told Chief Cool Hair... Like, what the hell was going on? (laughs) (laughs) Everything would have been fine. Chief Cool Hair. Sounds like a Native American now. Inspector Cool Hair. Inspector (laughs) Buck. Eric, what do you think of the Chief's hair? (laughs) Which one was the Chief? The guy... The... The fucking cop, the fucking the guy who had orange and blonde at the back and the bottom. Yeah, of his head there was one. Right on the there top. was one scene where his cowlick was like not doing him any favors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it was like I think I'm gonna just get up and leave right now. But <laughs> but yeah, good good hair, good hair, good times. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so um, I guess that's it. Unless you guys have anything else. No, the only I'm other out. thing I had was, did, did you guys notice, and this was like a, this, I just thought this was kind of neat. I don't know if they did this on purpose or what, but or maybe it was just a, um, a, a result of the way that they dubbed the film. But in the very beginning, um, when Enrico is getting ready for school and they've got the radio on and he's listening to the news, and first he says, turn it off, put on some music, will you? And uh, then all of a sudden he notices that they're talking about the murder that happened. And then um, what's the, what's the wife's name? Is it Hilda? No, not everyone's Hilda. name seems to be Hilda in this. Yeah, right. Herta. Herta. Um, so Herta, Herta changes the channel. And when she Herta changes my feelings, <laughs> when she changes the channel on the radio, they start playing the Morricone wacky suspense music. Yeah. And it, at first you're supposed to think. Like this is going on, like what is it, non-diegetically, and it's you know all of a sudden he heard the news and here comes the music to give you this sense that something odd is going on, um, and then all of a sudden you realize that it's on the radio. Like who would be playing this music on the radio anyway? Why would she switch to it? And then he switches it back off and back to the newscast again. So I thought and then that he's was like. Why did you change the damn station? Right. She's like, yeah, because you told me to, stupid. Um, but still, I thought that was kind of like, wait a minute, where is that music coming from? It's, you know, it's that weird trumpet with the, with the, uh, whatever they call it. It's that fucking four fly shit. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to yeah. say four fly shit. I'm sorry. Like that <laughs> same kind of feel-ish. You know that, like, the, you know, you got the trumpet and there's that little plunger on on the front of the trumpet that makes it sound like a wah wah kind of a sound yeah yeah there you go um that was the noise and it, it, that happened again in the movie when um when en- enrico is playing the record over the phone i was gonna bring that up yeah yeah 
and then all of a sudden it's like you know that's her favorite song and then they they switch to the same music it's still playing and then it goes into the suspenseful music again so well like when he comes in the killer comes in like it's on the record player and i think he like stops it right you hear that scratch doesn't like notice anything she's like oh well i guess my record player sucks ass here in this weird sex apartment but um sure everything's fine i'll just keep my back turned to the door get drowned <laughs> but that was rad it's exactly like, hey, like he's like hey this is our jam and he puts it on and she's like oh dude that means we're gonna have no sex sex like it's all good <laughs> you know <laughs> so that was super cool I like that he does come up in when they're in the bed together he comes up into the frame from below down south right so you know and his his fingers are playing with the pencil erasers, so there's no finger action going on down there. So maybe she's still intact. So, whatever. But she seemed to really like what he was doing. So unless he was giving her a foot massage with his face, we know what was happening down there. <laughs> I'm I'm aware of the length of anatomy of people, so. I'm on top got of that this. going for you. I'm on top of it. I got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like when he was on the phone too with her, and she's like, "Who's there?" And he's like, "Nobody." And he's like, "Yeah, dude, just that's fine. Okay, who's there? Nobody's here. Jesus Christ, lady." Uh, <laughs> and he's like such a dick. <laughs> it's just it cracks me up, dude. Oh man, good times. All right, so um, I'm pretty confident that all of us really like this movie. Is, is that fair? That's that's fair. Yes, that's... I say we let him go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite jolly, jolly. Well, um, so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna play Alex's. Um, uh, voice thing he sent in, um, and play us out. no, because we still have to. F- oh, I guess we could do that right now. Do you guys know what movie we're doing next? Is it my winner? Yeah. What is it, Eric? It's a. Uh, it's the one I voted for. Eyeball. Yay! <laughs> oh, we are doing eyeball. Damn it! Yeah, it got a couple votes that I had nothing to do with, honestly. <laughs> um, Beat out Death Walks on High Heels by one, it looks like. And, and, and then, why is it that you didn't vote for your own pick, Eric? I wanted to be democratic about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for now on, we can't vote for our own movies anymore. So let me go in and vote for Eyeball, then. <laughs> and uh, Hussar Die got no love, but I, I'll throw out the thanks to uh, to Michael Griffin and Randy Snodgrass for for their support oh wow you're just saying you want this to be democratic and now you're playing politics on us right now <laughs> like we're jerks for not thanking people wow no oh, i'm just well, no i'm totally serious i appreciate my constitu- constituents constituents thank you um but we will have a guest on the eyeball episode joining us for the ride you tease uh, i tease and it is going to be um justin from 
uh, hysteria continues. Wow. Wants to come on and talk some eyeball That's with us. Guess. Yeah, and he's also the author of uh, Teenage Wasteland, a.k.a. the Slasher Movie Book, which is really, really good, and I highly, highly recommend it. And his site, uh, hysterialives.co.uk, because it's from over there. (laughs) So, good times. Wow. Is that one going to be, what, four hours? I hope. (laughs) That's how we. That's how we're gonna roll this thing. Yeah. So, um, but here is um, Alex's. Where the fuck did it go? Alex's the call, and um, just yell over it if you could hear it. Cha cha beans. This yes. is Axe Welding Alex chiming in about the top ten films of uh, Jalo Chow Chow thus far. Uh, apologies ahead of time if I ramble or slur my words a bit. I'm, I'm on my second scotch already. And... Ah, it's good. Yeah, so, uh, number 10 <laughs> is The Case of the Bloody Iris. For me, I fell asleep while I was watching this one, and um, I'm not exactly sure why it didn't hold my attention. Me neither. But it, it <laughs> just kind of bored me. Uh, I liked the comic relief police officer. I thought he was one of the funniest characters in all of the Jallo so far. Um, I also enjoyed the elevator scene, but I hated the murder scene that happened in broad daylight. It just was unrealistic for me, the whole sequence. Um, Also, I thought that the killer's motivation in this one was pretty weak. because who doesn't? I, like I, I don't want to like spoil it now in case other people listening now haven't heard these. But I swear. I just thought that the killer's motivation it didn't really work for me. Uh, number nine is the back black belly of the tarantula. Uh, I know Chris said Jalo score that this one is rather forgettable. Oh. And in fact, I when I was making this list and going through and catching up on the films that I hadn't seen, like I turned this one on to start watching it again. Thinking that I hadn't watched it before and it turned out like yeah I actually had watched it two months ago when you guys reviewed it and I completely forgot like the entire plot and just everything about this film left my mind I watched it so so really unforgettable guys my new hero Um, I really liked the long chase scene that led to the guy falling off the building that was good I also liked the the protagonist of this one I liked his look specifically with the mustache and and just all that he was my second favorite of these 10 films but I thought that the ending for this one was a little bit too happy and also again this one had a bit of an unconvincing killer in my opinion but I just kind of hate that whole like oh he's impotent so he kills women thing Uh, I it just doesn't work for uh, such a, a strong, virile person like me, you know? Yeah. Uh, number eight is uh, Strip New for Your Killer. It's killing me. I admit that this is probably <laughs> the funniest one overall. It's more of it a jello satire. It is not. But while I was watching this one, I couldn't help but get distracted and, and do other things. You know, I was I do not watching know how. this and like, playing with my iPad so. and just... Uh, I just wasn't completely into this one. You know, I really like the killer's outfit with the motorcycle helmet and the whole look and all that. And I very, very much enjoyed the fat guy with the blow-up doll. Uh, but, like, this one, 
didn't really take itself seriously, so I didn't take it that seriously either. For me, number seven is a lizard in a woman's skin. Now, okay, I put love the scotch Fuji, down. And <laughs> this film in particular didn't feel like a Jalo to me. It really I felt agree. like a Fulci film, but it didn't feel like a Jalo for some reason. Like it had, it had very slow pacing, um, in the beginning. And I guess there wasn't really a high body count looking back on it. And like everything is kind of dreamy and a little strange like that, which is kind of like Fulci. Like I loved the dog scene um, completely at random out of nowhere, as well as the scene with the flying bats. You know, that's like vintage Fulci, but it didn't really work overall with the rest of the film. Um, but I thought that this one had the best ensemble cast of, of characters, you know, like the gay private investigator. He was like the best, uh, one of the best characters. I just loved him. And the, the guy, Godfrey, that ate the fish, the raw fish just popped it in his mouth. The, uh, the silly postman that got beat up by the protagonist. And then there was that other weird guy that, that had the Harry Potter glasses and the fedora and was sleeping in a hammock the whole time like i just really like that too he's talking about but four overall, five seven, right? it, it wasn't yes. it wasn't okay. that great I thought it was film, lizard. in my opinion for me number is six lizard. is the fifth chord um overall i don't think this was a great movie uh not very good but for me i had the best viewing experience watching this i watched this with a friend of mine we were drinking and just riffing on the film the whole time. Uh, didn't really pay too much attention to it, but it seemed like, you know, it's the way a Jalo should be viewed, I guess, is, is just, you know, talking about what's going on and enjoying the experience of it. Um, though Franco Nero, he is my favorite protagonist of all of these films. I just loved him, uh, his, his complete misogynistic character. He's pretty cool. Alcoholism and just another Franco Nero Mark. He's kind of charming yeah. despite <laughs> all of his flaws. You know, I'm not. I'm still not entirely sure, sir, what happened because I was watching it on YouTube and then got like a shitty half ending yep. and we had to watch the rest in Italian. Who knows what exactly happened? But I, I enjoyed that. myself overall. For number five, I have a tie, which is. Both of Roger's film, uh, the bird with the, the bird with the crystal plumage, and Four Flies on Grey Velvet. We'll put them um, I think that both of these films are probably the most two artistic ones of the ten films that you guys have looked at so far. Uh, they have great visuals and great cinematography and shots throughout. I especially really like the music in uh, Four Flies. Um, but I, I had problems ultimately with the killers um, and like their target. So with uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, like I loved the glass door scene where the guy is stuck in between and watching the attempted murder go down right at the beginning. But like ultimately, the the whole film hinges on him being the protagonist, and it was just some completely random yep. dude walking by the whole time. Whereas other films uh, had a very deliberate person at the center of the story. Uh, Four Flies on Grey Velvet, I really liked the repeating dream sequence throughout with the, the guys uh, imagining that he's getting beheaded. But ultimately, 
at the end, I didn't find that killer believable. Like, I liked the motivation for it, and I don't want to spoil it and, and mention what it, what it is exactly. Uh, but, okay, well, maybe I will a little bit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the motivation seems similar to me for a movie like Sleepaway Camp, but it works in Sleepaway Camp much more because of the age of the characters and where they are in life. Like, the whole gender misidentity thing doesn't really work for me when the character is older and married and it, it just didn't work um okay number three is what have you done to solange i really this is the the one that i've seen the most recently and i really really enjoyed it up until the end um i thought that it had the killer had a realistic motivation, you know, it was a good revenge story. Um, and throughout the film, it t was a good mystery, you know? It, I didn't really understand what was happening at first, and then the pieces slowly started to fall into place where I could kind of imagine what was going to happen. And something similar to that did happen, you know? I, I thought about, okay, now I kind of think I know who the killer is before it was um, introduced on screen. Unfortunately, I hated Enrico. Like, oh. I think he was just the most uh -oh. despicable protagonist of Enemy. all of these films. You know, he's, he's a teacher and he's dating one of his students, but he's married to another teacher yep. who works at the school. I and agree. This all makes me good. The girl that he's dating gets killed. Like his wife has this unrealistic um, reaction to the whole situation. It's because he's uh, fucking cool. When she, you know, kind of just takes him back and helps him with the investigation. Like I hated that. I didn't think that would be plausible at all. But this film, I think, had the best cop and the most realistic investigation of the whole thing. Like they were like doing CSI stuff and like taking the different materials at the scene and investigating that plus oh my god the killers with the knife that was just that was just great but in my opinion the ending really left something to be desired like i think that with that killer in the ending with the weapon that he had like he would have done something differently in my opinion he would have fucked himself with okay the number two is bay of blood I really like wow. this film because I liked how the kills were more for economic reasons rather than emotionally driven. Uh, it is kind of a slow starting film, and then like it isn't doesn't really have much of a jello film. It turns into sort of a slasher film. But I mean, I love slasher films, so I didn't mind this one at all. It had some more interesting kills than a lot of these other ones. Um, and, you know, I will admit I felt like the final ending was a bit tacked on, but I liked it nonetheless. Like, I kind of felt like that was just a little, a swerve kind of to the fans of, of Jallo films. You know, like, like, hey, this is, this was a film you just watched. Didn't you enjoy it? Haha, <laughs> all of these guys are killers. Um, but everything else up until that point was um, pretty well constructed, and I really liked it. So, my number one top ten film is Torso. This was one of the first jallies that I ever saw. And for me, like the whole ending still seems one of the most suspenseful. It, uh, especially like the killer, he's going after Susie Kendall, and uh, she's locked in the room. 
she pushes the key out, it falls on the newspaper, or it actually doesn't fall on the newspaper, but she's pulling the newspaper back, and then we see that hand pick it up and put it on the newspaper. That is just fantastic. Also, I think the torso has the most sexy ladies of all of the rest of the films, just the complete ensemble, and they're all nude, and they're all absolutely lovely. Um, ultimately, I'm okay that the All right. savior of the film comes back to the house on purely a coincidence. Um, because I, I don't know, like it, it, it was, it was better for me than like that that she gets saved coincidentally than like a whole protagonist would uh, become the target of a killer just by coincidence. I'm not sure exactly why. Uh, also. I really like how all of the main characters were introduced. Even the red herring and the, the killer were all introduced very early in this film. Now, much better than some of the other ones that just kind of throw in a red herring or the actual killer, like in the third act. So I felt that Torso provided all of the pieces up front, but ultimately uh, it kind of gave you some swerves throughout. And I've been rambling on for far too long now, so I just want to say I love your show. Uh, congratulations on 10 episodes. I, I hope this isn't too long or too boring for you guys. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Well, I mean, I guess, honestly, if we're expecting people to listen to us talk for two and a half hours, listening to Alex talk for 12 and a half minutes isn't that bad. No, <laughs> and he's not... He's not on the air uh, able to hear the um, peanut gallery as he <laughs> leaves his message. So you got to give him credit for, um, you know, putting something out there that, you know. Well, to be fair, we're not with people when they're talking shit on me like in stripping for your killer. Crickets. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> He's, yeah, he very eloquently put. Thank you, Alex. Um, I think he did in 12 and a half minutes what I've failed to do over 10 episodes. But um, I think I think his list is pretty good. It's pretty spot on. Um, especially the bottom say, half matched with mine. So. Uh, what I will bottom- say that I'm very pleased to see here is that, um, you know... Sergio Martino is getting a lot more love than Mr. Argento. I'm just saying. Okay. Right. I'm just saying. Right. So. And, and you know, Torso, as much as I love Torso, um, you know, Martino's other Jolly are much better, I think, than Torso. So, there. All right. Well, we'll see you all in two weeks. <laughs> I threw that out there. <laughs> the hate mail come. Right. Oh, man. Um, no, but if you would like to um, do what Alex just did, um, you could either call your list in like he did, or you could send it to me um, or us, however you want to do it, um, at creepersent at gmail.com or at the group um, on Facebook. Or I'm sure there's other ways to get that information somewhere so uh yeah and, uh, we won't talk over your recording jeez louise guys <laughs> i'm saying i think i think we, I, I think we will 
But I, I just wanted to say that we won't so that they'll send it in. Oh, okay. Because otherwise they'll be too scared. And I didn't talk over the whole thing. Jesus Christ, it's like I'm married over here, people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he liked it. Of course. Okay, so again, if you could figure out where the chow-chow at the beginning and the end of the show comes from, you could get um, the Electro Trash, or the Electro Euro Trash Black Love Killer Thrillers um, DVD, which is super fun. And um, again, thank you, Jimmy, for helping us out make that happen. And um, I guess that is it. Am I correct in that assumption? Phew. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, um, then we will see you in two weeks with um, Eyeball, which is going to be a fucking riot and a half. Um, A hoot. So um, with that being said, we will leave you with the trailer for Eyeball. And until next time, everybody, ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. How far can you go before your nerves break, before your heart stops, before your eyes leave your body? Eyeball, the most blinding horror ever seen. Eyeball. What the? Now, one of them is out to kill all of them. When you least expect it, when you have no way to fight back, a stabbing nightmare becomes a living terror. Eyeball. The screams you hear may be your own. Eyeball. No fear has ever come this close. No suspense has ever gone this far. For every murder, for every victim, there is no warning. Don't blink. Don't turn around. Don't even move. Now you'll witness the darkest vision of horror. Eyeball. It'll open your eyes and freeze your blood. You can't escape it, because everywhere you hide, everywhere you turn, this is the curse from which there is no way out. How far can you go before your nerves break, before your heart stops, before your eyes leave your body? Eyeball, you may never live to see the end of it. Ciao. Ciao.